Hey guys, we have an incredible podcast coming your way. We're going to teach you exactly how to look great, feel strong at your ideal body weight. How? By teaching you about the latest innovations and the discoveries about hormones, the herbs, the natural approaches that will help you to optimize your stem cells, your mitochondria. Please stay tuned. This is a show you must listen to. Into anxiety, and a third of the population lives with anxiety and stress. And now he's talking about being a workaholic, and I'm listening very closely. Listen to how he's describing it. I was successful, I was doing all the right things. Here, here, listen to this. This is very important. But now, I, I, I think we're going to come back to uh, uh, Andrew Uberman here uh, while we take a brief uh, jump into a rather amazing doctor that I recently discovered, and uh, I'm sure he's been around for a long time. But here, let's 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 go into in the realm of hungry ghosts with Dr. Gabor uh, Mate. Mate, here we go. He's a Hungarian doctor. Could be eating, could be work. Any behavior that you, gives you temporary relief, pleasure, but su- you suffer negative consequences, you don't get it, that's an addiction. Now let me ask you this question. According to that definition, how many people here will acknowledge that sometime or another in your lives you've had some kind of an addiction? Sometime. Okay, so remember, he defined addiction as any kind of repetitive behavior that has long-term negative consequences, even though you know it's not in your best interest to drink alcohol, to use drugs, to be in an abusive relationship, uh, to be a workaholic. I mean, there's just a cutoff point where you, you got to say, hey, enough is enough. I got the work done. Now I'm going to go on and you know get some exercise in, be with my kids, my family. So here, let's um, let's <laughs> let, let's carry carry back on with that. So if I can find it, and uh, it it says that the child is very open and can feel the pain and suffering going on in its immediate environment. The child is aware of its own body and can also feel the tension, rigidity, and pain in the body of the mother or of anyone else he's with. If the mother's suffering, the baby suffers too. The pain never gets discharged. So let's say. What do I do then when my mother is depressed and stressed and terrorized? How do I deal with it? Can I fight back, escape, and ask for help from whom? I tune out. But then the tuning out becomes programmed into my brain. And then 55 years later, or 50 years later, I'm diagnosed with ADHD or ADD. Now, what I'm saying is that it... And I wasn't abused. Nobody abused me. I just had a depressed and, and fearful mother. And being a very sensitive, and the more sensitive you are, the more you pick up on that. So in, in those ADD, and if you look at it, it's an adaptation. It begins an adaptation, which later on becomes a problem. So I'm not saying it's great. I'm saying that it begins an adaptation, which then becomes a problem. That's the nature of these early adaptations, which children employ, not consciously, to protect themselves from uh, stress, actually become problems later on. Now, if you look at the question of why between... 2002 and 2013, I'm being approximate here, the rate of ADD diagnosis in American kids has gone up threefold. What's going on? 
What's going on is that the parenting environment has become increasingly stressed for all kinds of reasons. And when the parenting environment is stressed, the kids are stressed. And how do they cope with it? They tune out when the brains are developing. Now they're getting diagnosed and medicated and all this mental health crisis. And what we're not looking at is what is it about the environment that actually um, fosters or, or foments that, that response in children. And I'm only talking about ADD. We could talk about anxiety. Right. Because people who are addicted often self-medicate anxiety. They self-medicate it with work, with sex, with TV, with distractions, and of course with drugs. And the New York Times Magazine two weeks ago had an article about the burgeoning rate of anxiety in American teenagers. And, and, and apparently a third now of teenagers and adults in the United States suffer from anxiety. And why? Well, if it was genetic, it wouldn't be increasing because genes don't change in a population over 10 years or 20 years or even 100 years. What's happening is that the conditions in which um, children are growing up is, get, are, is getting more and more stressful, and that has to do with the stress on the parents. And that also has to do, of course, with the workaholism of the parents, like in my case, you know, uh, the world thought I was great. I was out there delivering babies and helping the dying, palliative care. and Yeah, this part is really hitting the head of the hammer, or the nail. He, he's talking about these conditions that are leading to anxiety, and a, a third of the population lives with anxiety and stress. And now he's talking about being a workaholic, and I'm listening very closely. Listen to how he's describing it. I was successful. I was doing all the right things. Here, here, listen to this. This is very important. Everything else in between. But what, what of me did my children receive? Not very much. Because I was always trying to validate myself out there in the world. So then I pass on my trauma to them. But I pass it on not genetically, but through the conditions that obtained in my home when my kids were small. Wow. Wow. We'll take a few questions in a, in a moment. Um, okay. So I, hopefully you got clear about what, what he's talking about, these addictions and how he validated it and justifies it. Um, I, I want to jump over, um, although it's interesting, there's this part where Joe Polish talks about uh, his addiction here. Let's see if I can find it. Hold on. If you, if you look at the criminal justice system, uh, it's really based on this idea that, as I said earlier, that addiction is a choice that somebody makes. If somebody's not making a conscious choice, what are you doing punishing them? Yeah. You don't punish people because they're suffering and they're trying to escape from their pain. You help them right. instead of making them criminals. And number one, number two, it's very arbitrary as to uh, what we decide is should be legal or illegal because Give me uh, a thousand heroin addicts who inject four times a day in a quantity that does not lead to an overdose. And give me a thousand people who smoke a pack a day and another thousand who drink heavily. Guess which thousand is going to be the healthiest and the longest living at the end of 30 years? By far the heroin group. So by far, I'm, I'm talking medical facts here. So by some... Okay, so he's making the comparison of cigarette smoking compared to a heroin addict, which uh, I have a little difficulty <laughs> having him justify that. Uh, but what he's really referring to is the legality or illegal. And I, I, I would go further. I'd say, look, 
eating badly junk food, meat, cheese, eggs, dairy product, which I call junk food, this obsession with excess protein is so toxic and related to the number one killer, coronary heart disease, diabetes, high blood pressure, cancer. And then you add cigarette smoking that worsens all of that. When I tell people that eating a hamburger is like smoking 20 cigarettes uh, a day, and and there's science to, to validate that, but those, those kind of addictions, I, I, I'm going to agree with uh, Gabor Mate that that these are the things that people need to get help with. The addictions to food, alcohol, smoking. Uh, now, again, I know people are addicted to drugs. And it's really, really uh, a challenging situation. And you, we're going to talk further about how to deal with those addictions uh, with the help of uh, our experts here. And uh, let's let's go back to what he what he's uh, saying here. He's making more of a political statement at this at this stage. I'm not saying that heroin should be legalized and sold in corner stores like cigarettes, but I am saying that the decision to criminalize it mm-hmm. is utterly arbitrary. And it's nothing to do with either science or logic or humanity. Right. I mean, you know, you cannot punish pain out of people. And I mean, I have some stats here that I've heard you say. Okay, listen to that. You cannot punish pain out of people. What we're saying is that these addictions to heroin, cocaine, methamphetamine, these horrific drugs, and now there's this whole class of benzos, uh, which are start as prescription, but they end up as street drugs that, that kids are getting a hold of. The, the, these, these are very, very toxic, addictive drugs because they increase dopamine. And then, and then as he stated, Andrew Uberman, uh, when, when the levels decrease, your pain levels go up and you, you crave it again and again and again. And then you reach this tolerance where you have to have higher and higher dosages. So what we're talking about then is this, this challenge as a society, as a, an addictive society, and you can't punish pain. You you can't criminalize and and using uh, punish uh, the pain of emotional pain that most of these people have. You have to get to the core, and that's what we're delving in right now, getting to the core of the of the pain. So here we go. That um, you know every month. Um, 9-11 happens. Actually, the, according to the President's Commission on Addiction, uh, on the opioid crisis, and by the way, um, even when we talk about the opioid crisis, it's a rather arbitrary um, mm, determination, not because it isn't a crisis. I mean, it is, according to the President's own advisory commission, every three weeks you have a 9-11 happening in the United States as a result of hard, illegal drug overdoses. Let and, alone, we're, and we're just talking drugs. We're we, not talking all the other... Addictions. We're just talking illegal drugs. We're not even talking alcohol or cigarettes or everything else. We're just talking overdoses. Mm-hmm. And um, So, there, literally every day there's a drug overdose just from the illegal drugs, not ca- ca- counting prescription drugs and the number of deaths from eating improperly. All these things are related to addiction. And so I want us to really be clear of doing a habit repetitively that causes you long and short-term negative consequences. Okay, let's, let's understand what's going on here. 
It's emotional pain that has to be dealt with. And at the subconscious level, we can deal with emotional pain. And we have solutions for that, that practitioners are finally just starting to acknowledge, not give one drug for another drug to solve a problem like these methadone centers and addiction centers that have a very poor uh, likelihood of a successful outcome. Here, let's go further. And, and, and now it's hitting the white middle class. It's actually helping to lower the life expectancy of the white middle class male for the first time in a long time. But it's been hitting our Aboriginal population for a long time. It's been happening there for decades. If you go to the native reservations in Canada or, or the U.S., suicides, overdoses, they've been happening in epidemic proportions for decades. We just don't think that's so important. Not that it's happening to, to, our, to us or the people that we care about. Now it's a crisis. Mm -hmm. And then if you ask the question, well, why is it that the Aboriginal population has got this tremendous rate of, uh, of addiction? And again, that's a very interesting question because this whole idea that addiction is a genetic disease flies out the window when you look at the Aboriginal experience. Because the Aboriginals in North America had actually access to potentially addictive substances long before Caucasians came here. They had access to tobacco. They had access to alcohol in New Mexico. They had access to uh, psychedelic substances like peyote. Mm -hmm. And they even knew these substances, and they even used them. But how did they use them? They used them ceremonially, not to uptund and diminish their consciousness, but to raise their consciousness. They used it to connect spiritually with creation. Okay, so he's talking about aboriginals, aborigines or cultures that are indigenous or lived there before the white man showed up, if you will. And they did use, as he mentioned, alcohol or peyote or these different uh, psychedelic drugs as part of ceremony. They didn't use it to abuse it. Now, these same cultures are in so much pain uh, as they lost their freedom or their land was taken and they have nothing better to do but use these substances and get high and you know be homeless and have i'm not making judgment i'm just saying the reality of what happens to these drug addicts uh, if they're not put in jail and using up uh, our resources in the prisons this is very core information that we need to deal with I use it to create community and and contact and culture the addictive use is just the opposite. The addictive use is to escape from pain, and it's alone, and it's not communal. If the problem was genetic, why weren't they addicted before? The reason they're addicted now is because of the severe trauma that they've suffered over hundreds of years. They're near extermination, and I don't have to give you all the details. I'm sure you know it all. Same thing in Canada. So what I'm saying about addiction, in short, is that every case of addiction uh, originates in trauma. And that trauma could be overt, like in the case of the Aboriginal population. Their children in Canada being taken away from them, sent to residential schools for 100 years, where they were sexually abused and, 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 and beaten up, and their, their culture and their language was denied. In British Columbia, in 1960, I know a woman who was four years old in 1965 in my province of British Columbia, who at four years old was taken to the residential school where she spoke her tribal language, and the punishment was that they stuck a pin in her tongue for a whole hour, a four-year-old. And then she sits there for a whole hour and she can't put her tongue in her mouth because it cut her lips. And then the sexual abuse began. 
So then when I look at Vancouver's downtown east side, which is North America's most concentrated area of drug use, we have more drug addicts there in a few square block radius than anywhere on the continent. It's a shock to people even who come from Detroit and New York to Vancouver. 30% of our clients down there are First Nations, are Aboriginal people. They make up 4% of the population. Why? Because of the severe trauma that they've experienced. Right. And, and, and this is the one piece, the trauma piece that you and I are so aware of, but that addiction... Uh, I, I was talking to a colleague of mine, Jamie. Where are you, Jamie? You hear someone in the room? Uh, she's a... Okay, so when you hear about these children being abused and because of their aboriginal language uh telling about a little four-year-old sticking a pin in their tongue to stop them from uh putting a pencil in their pen or in their mouth or something i mean and then the child was sexually abused i mean this is horrific and of course these people are trying to cover up their pain with drugs and uh, very very addictive drugs Thank you so much for listening to our show. It really is a pleasure to invite you on this journey to good health. And I'd like to ask you a special request, and that is to share and comment, give us your review, and also please check out fromthedoctors.com. This is our new incredible website with all the coming events. It has uh, the access to our eBooks. It has access to uh, testing that you can undergo and evaluate your progress. It even has the latest online courses and education videos and really some incredible blog articles. This is an incredible website and we're here to guide you with our education coaching and supplementation that's appropriate based on your individual needs. Take a special quiz. Check it all out at fromthedoctors.com. That's spelled from F-R-O-M the T-H-E doctors d-o-c-t-o-r-s dot com from the doctors dot com please visit and drop us a note so we know that you're participating as our growing family continues to gain great information about how to look great feel incredible at your ideal body weight with incredible healthy looking skin we have an array of programs and opportunities so please stay tuned as we continue on our journey to great health goodbye